Hey friends, welcome to Let's Be Clear. I am Clear Cherry Reeves, and this is a podcast where we get clear, pun intended, about how to find a kingdom perspective in all things. No, really, all things. Whether it be about pursuing your dreams, finding hope and hardship, or just talking about Jesus, we will get raw and honest. I believe it will encourage you. Now, let's dig in. Hey guys, happy Monday. Y'all, I am so pumped for this podcast because we are going to talk about probably my favorite subject lately for a good reason. Um, This podcast is going to be all about how to live looking for miracles. If you follow me on Instagram, you know that my new children's book, The Miracle of You, released last Tuesday. And I just wanted to start off saying thank y'all. I mean, I know I'm a broken record, but I will never get over how supportive and gracious and just wonderful you guys are. So thank you for buying the book. Thank you for sharing the book. Thank you for just your encouragement. And if you haven't bought the book, thank you for your prayers. I mean, honestly, that's what carries this forward. You know, the Lord is the great dot connector. He knows who needs the book and he does takes care of all the details. So thank you so much. I am really excited because I think, you know, I was just thinking about it. Children's books obviously are simplified. Um, But in thinking through that concept of what does it mean to really look for miracles and, and this whole theme of how do we embrace in a very practical way, right? Because if something's not practical and if it's not relatable and if it's not realistic for our lives, we will not do it. And we certainly will not do it consistently. So I figured this would be a good and relevant topic. How do we live looking for miracles? Are we people? This is really the question, right? Are we people who expect God to move? In my opinion, I think this is a surefire way to tell if someone is walking with Jesus. What is their perspective, right? Like, do they talk about hope or do they actually walk in it? Is the evidence of their life fruit that shows you that Jesus has been talking to them and that they trust his promises for their lives, that they don't just accept what is given to them, but they cling to the hope that they have been promised. The two are very different, right? To talk about hope or to actually live it, to actually walk in it. Talking about hope means you know that God is real. But walking in hope signifies that you are actively engaging in a relationship with God. The first believes miracles have happened, right? The second trusts that miracles are happening for them. Their faith is personal. So here's the deal. It is fun to talk about miracles when we are on the other side of it, right? Like in sharing our story about Sledge. I'm so reminded that now it is such a miraculous story and we get to see his life unfold and I'm so grateful for his help Um, and and all of that. And if if you aren't aware of our journey or or this is your first podcast, you might need to circle back um, because I'm kind of starting on chapter 11. But, you know, when we are praying for a miracle, when we are in the midst of it, 
when we are in the thick of it and we are desperate for God to show up, how do we walk in hope then? Right? When the finances finally come through and when the pregnancy test is finally positive and when the relationship has been restored, whatever it is, like then it's easy to say God is so good. He's so good. He's so faithful. But what about in between? What about the place or the season in our lives when our prayers are not getting answered? What about when we are the friend who's still not engaged, who's still not pregnant, who still didn't get that promotion, who still doesn't have what they think that they want that will give them a full life? Or life just isn't shaking out how we thought, you know? I think so much of our lives, guys, really is the in-between. We are usually on the way somewhere, in the middle of a transition. We are navigating a new season. We are understanding a different dynamic or whatever it may be. We are often, whether we just received a miracle and now we're praying for a new one, right? Wherever it is, we are often on the way. And this is good. Why is this good? You're like, clear. Yeah, like fun to talk about. But to be honest, I want to be on the other side of this river, right? I feel like I've been treading water. But this is good, y'all, because it is the necessary ingredient for an everyday miracle. That's the thing about miracles. It's not just the destination that we're reaching or the, the cultivation of the harvest we think that we want. It is the everyday journey with the Lord. The, the thing, that's the thing about miracles, right? Like they require the presence of need. And here it goes, the absence of control. This place of dependence is the good ground that invites the Savior to do his greatest work. So I guess my question is to you and to me, is are you willing to surrender your control and recognize your need so that you can experience the miracle working power of the Holy Spirit? I wanted to go through a few practical ways that I think will help you and me live in a way that looks for miracles. I don't know about you, but I want to be a joy-filled person. I want to be a person who lives with expectant hope that is constantly thinking God is up to something. And life will not always feel like sunshine and rainbows, but we can be people who look and expect God to be working in every circumstance, amidst every situation, and in every season of our lives. How do we do that? How do we actually be these joy-filled people? How do we do be these people who are expectant even when they've been walking through disappointment. How do we actually do this, right? How? So I'm going to go through a few different things that I think will really help us be people who live looking for miracles. The first one is accept your current reality. That may really sound like a weird place to start, but I guess when I think about it, like if we're not willing to accept, accept the state of our current circumstances, then we don't really allow God to work right in those, right? To meet us there. When we're not honest about our starting point, then we are 
putting off a false perception or not really allowing God into the nitty gritty of our current reality. God cannot heal what you hide. Taking inventory of your reality allows you to put the puzzle pieces on the floor and to see your life for what it is. And I mentioned this, like I said, I mentioned this point first, because until you stop worrying about your perception or your reputation, and you concern yourself with reality and truth, it will feel really exhausting. But when you allow the Holy Spirit into every part of your heart and your life, you are actively saying to him, I trust that you see me. I believe that you won't reject me. And I believe that your love is capable of transforming anything. Y'all, the beautiful thing about being loved by God is that he is more aware of everything about our current reality more than we are, right? Like forget hiding. He knows what we are kidding ourselves about. He is fully aware of the state of all things. He knows the miracles that need to be done inside your heart and outside. However, when we bring everything to his feet, we invite true healing. When you invite God into the secret spaces of your heart and the hidden spaces of your life, you allow his miracle working power to touch, transform, and turn things around. I mentioned this because I think a lot of us, if we're being honest about where we're at and the state of our current reality, we really want some change. We, we need an everyday miracle in our thought patterns. We need a miracle in our marriages. We need a miracle in our friendships and in all these different parts of our lives. But we are afraid to be honest with either ourselves or those around us to actually pursue God's miracle working power in our lives. Right? So we shortchange ourselves out of fear of self-preservation. Out of thinking we're self-preserving. But God already knows exactly the state of how everything is, y'all. If anything, he brings wisdom to our spirit to reveal to us where we need his healing. Also, when you are honest about the brokenness of your humanity, you make space for the supernatural covering of his divinity. It's only when you know that gap that you realize the grace that you so desperately need. Psalm 139, which is such a good psalm. You should go read the whole thing. But I'm going to read one through six. It's really good. It says, oh, Lord, you have examined my heart and you know everything about me. You know, when I sit down or stand up, you know, my thoughts, even when I'm far away. You see me when I travel and when I rest at home, you know, everything I do. You know what I'm going to say, even before I say it, Lord. You go before me and follow me. You place your hand of blessing on my head. Such knowledge is too wonderful for me, too great for me to understand. Oh, is that so rich? Basically, like you cannot hide from the one who made you. And praise God, because man, How much would like we still do knowing that is who he is, right? The second thing after 
The first one is accept your current reality is number two is get to know the God of miracles. Let me tell you this. You can hear about other people's faith all day long, right? And we do. We scroll. We have conversations. We're in community. We go to church and we're like, wow, they're really walking with the Lord. And we witness his power and their lives. And it's amazing. Like that is that is what he wants for us. But you will never invest your life into the hands of a father whose heart you do not personally know. In turn, when you get to know the heart of your heavenly father, there is nothing that you will want to leave out of his hands. Do y'all get that? Like, do we understand what that's really saying? In other words, if you are afraid to entrust anything into the father's hand, you don't really know the father's heart, right? So how does getting to know him help you look for miracles? Well, one, I think it's helpful to think about our relationship with God um, the same way, just for the sake of this example, not always, but the same way that we think about our relationship with those we can see in the flesh, right? Like if you don't truly spend time with them, their characteristics, no matter how widely known by others, they will not become personal to you. But as you spend time with the father, you begin to look for the waves of his gentleness, right? You begin to recognize strokes of his compassion. You begin to see examples of his patience because you have read about it in the pages of scripture. You begin to look for showings of his goodness because you know that he does not withhold good from those he loves. The more time that you spend with someone, the more inclined you are to recognize their presence. That's just across the board. So why would it be any different with our Heavenly Father? Right? In the presence of Jesus, is fail-proof. It's constant. It's unchanging. It's reliable. Therefore, the more that you sit with the shepherd, the more you will recognize the touch of his hand, even amidst really, really difficult situations. And to be honest, I would bet, based on my own personal experience and from conversations I've had with friends and just from what I feel like I know from scripture and what we see witnessed is that is actually in the really, really difficult situations. It's in the valleys. It's in the trenches. It's in the hard seasons of life that we would never have chosen that we really get to see his hand so intimately hold us together because we, we know right in those moments that if it wasn't for him, we wouldn't be standing. There's no chance that our pride, like our pride gets removed, right? We're humbled. We see that it is him who always provides and sustains us. Jeremiah 9, 20 through 3, 23 through 24 says, this is what the Lord says. Let not the wise boast of their wisdom or the strong boast of their strength or the rich boast of their riches. But let the one who boasts boast about this, that they have the understanding to know me, that I am the Lord who exercises kindness, justice, and righteousness on earth. For in these I delight, declares the Lord. In other words, he's saying, hey, look, if you're going to talk and get loud about anything, let it be that you have the opportunity to know me because that is always your best bet in any situation 
is that you are aware who's in control and you know his heart because it is then that you can have true confidence, right? Number three is get uncomfortable. Okay, so I have really been sitting on this thought of, okay, Lord, seriously, how do we be people who don't just read about your miracles from long ago? You know, like water to wine or Lazarus raising from the dead or the blind beggar at the gate or the woman who was bleeding for years and years or the woman at the well or all of these miracles, right? I mean, truly, how do we be, how do we become people who trust his character and live depending on it? How do we be people of immense faith who walk down paths that require this, this, this is the kicker y'all. How do we be people of immense faith who walk down paths that require miracles to get to the other side? Because that is a life that speaks so highly of God. And I keep coming back to this. And, and I think it's because, or here, okay, let me circle back. I'm going to talk about it like this. I think so many people want this wondrous, spirit-filled, faith-building life but they don't want to leave the safety of the harbor, right? But miracles don't happen in the safety of the harbor or in a life of predictability and comfort. Miracles are the result of a life lived from a place of dependence, a place of Jesus, only you can make this happen. Will you? Y'all, when that is the banner that we enter our circumstances with, when that is the prayer of our hearts, when that is the plea and the cry, when we enter our week, because we know that where we are requires his presence to get to the other side. That is a life that lives looking for miracles because it is one that is requiring them. And this is so easy to talk about, but man, it is so hard to live, right? Because no matter how much we know that our state of need is actually the richest place to be, it's still so tough to release what we think is comfortable or safe or sure. Like, of course, if we can remain on a couch and be served what we need and not have to worry or fret or get in the deep water, that's what we would choose, right? But God's saying, hey, there's so much bigger, better, higher, greater things that I have planned for you. And I want to work miracles in your life, but you're going to have to get up. You're going to have to get your feet wet and you're going to have to get uncomfortable. Think about the last time that you did something uncomfortable. Think about the last time that you had to do something afraid, or maybe you had to face a situation or a person that was hard, right? That you had to face someone that you didn't want to face. You didn't know how to word what you needed to say. You didn't want to have to deal with it, right? But in that place, in that place of discomfort, did God meet you there? Also, in this place, surveying where you were and your heart and your countenance, were your eyes more peeled to his presence? Did the lack of comfort from your circumstance force you to rely more on the presence of the comforter himself? Y'all, that's it. That's it. That line right there. Did the lack of comfort from your circumstance force you to rely more on the presence of the comforter himself? That is 
the miracle. That's a miracle. That is a life looking for miracles. That's the miracle itself, right? That is the posture that invites us to experience his divinity. I was thinking about a few stories in the Bible just in preparing for this podcast when miracles happened, like how people were in true dire need and they had to make themselves wildly vulnerable. They had to ask for favors or help that made them experience rejection and fear. You think about Mary and Martha with Lazarus or Like I said, the woman who bled for years and she just touched the hem of Jesus' garment or the blind man who daily experienced rejection from others as he begged by the beautiful gate. Y'all, these stories upon stories upon stories. The thing is, as we see the miracle, we read about the miracle, but there is a before, right? There is a placement before and an experience before that positions these people that is hard and uncomfortable. And so in our everyday lives, if we don't position ourselves where we are in a state of need, we won't even look to the one who is the miracle worker. Isaiah 42, 16 says, and I will lead the blind in a way that they do not know in paths that they have not known. I will guide them. I will turn the darkness before them into light, the rough places into level ground. These are the things I do. And I do not forsake them. I love that. That is such a promise from God. Hey, look, I know you feel blind. I know the path feels dark. I know you feel like the ground isn't level, but I am God. I know where I am leading you. Trust me, right? Step by step, I will turn the rough places into level ground. That is the miracle. So one, we accept our current reality, right? Two, we get to know the God of miracles. Three, we get uncomfortable. Four, we talk about the miracles that we see. I'm going to break this down so you understand what I mean. So you know how when you're talking about something, you are far more inclined to see it and recognize it and celebrate it and expect it. Like that's the same for everyday happenings in our lives. And I think it's especially necessary when we are in the midst of circumstances we didn't pray for, right? Like those 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 moments earlier that we were saying that we would never choose our current reality or hard situations that if we could snap our fingers and change it, we absolutely would. Or we are in circumstances that feel impossible. Like literally, if you if you said, how is this going to work out? We would throw up our hands and say, I'm not sure that it will. Right, these moments It's so crucial that we voice the fingerprints of God that we do see, even when our prayers are screaming for change or we need help for our hearts. This is what helps us remember that God is still in control. When I was thinking about this podcast, I really wanted to speak to the person, which, to be honest, is probably everyone, that you're really walking through something. Right. Because whether it's an external situation, an internal struggle, a problem with a friend, a situation with a family member, you're just discontent in your life or your workplace or your finances are hard. Maybe there's a medical diagnosis that feels dark or not promising or you're bitter. You're so mad. Why you or why your family or why your best friend? Or why your husband? 
or why your dad? Whatever it is, these general uncertainties of life where the miracles are, you're going, God, where are the miracles now? This is when I need you, right? The rainbow is easy to spot after the rainstorm on top of the mountain. But what about on the journey up? Will we be people who declare his promises and his faithfulness on the way there? So for you, and I speak, I feel like to everyone, honestly, because all of us have some form of that, right? I know I do. What are the everyday little miracles right where you are? Like, I was just trying to think of some examples so maybe you could flesh it out in your own mind. Maybe the miracle right now isn't the positive pregnancy test, but it's discovering two friends who are also walking through the weight of wanting to hold their own baby and doing life together. Maybe the miracle right now isn't that your bank account suddenly jumps to 50K, right? And your debt is erased, but you discover what it means to give generously even when you're afraid. You learn what it means to rely on God from a very practical sense. Maybe the miracle right now isn't that you get to go on a trip with your spouse and everything is great, but that you are choosing them every day amidst the fact that you feel like you are ships passing in the night. Maybe the miracle is learning the importance of your marriage and ripping up a few roots first so that you can have the strongest foundation possible. Y'all, wherever you are and whatever your life looks like right now, whatever is on the horizon, this is true for you. God is a miracle working God. And he is for your life. You can depend on it. Psalm 145, 13 through 15 says, your kingdom is an everlasting kingdom and your dominion endures throughout all generations. The Lord is faithful in all his words and kind in all his works. The Lord upholds all who are falling and raises up all who are bowed down. The eyes of all look to you and you give them their food in due season. That's a really important part of that scripture in due season. You guys, only the Lord knows the time, what's on the horizon, what's truly growing underneath. Only he knows the weather forecast. Only he knows what's truly capable inside of you, what's been placed inside of you. Only the Lord knows in due season. And he is faithful. So you can voice the miracles right where you are and let them be little bits of practical hope. I call it like, for example, when we were trying for a baby, I remember literally having a stuffed animal and I called it my hope shelf. And it was literally like I said it there and I prayed over it. And for me, it was a practical rem like reminder of hope. That, that don't, that's not the same thing. But what I'm saying is, is sometimes you need these practical ways and you're voicing and you are bringing life to your current cir circumstance, even when you are praying for a different one. So accept your current reality. Get to know the God of miracles. Get uncomfortable. Talk about the miracles that you do see. And the last one is expect God to move. So now that you've accepted where you're standing, right? You've reminded your soul of who is in control and what his heart is made of. You've decided to embrace the place of need and dependence. You start giving voice to the miracles that surround you, even in the hard places. So then what do you do? You expect 
God to move. It is the most elementary, but true and life-changing fact of our lives. If we will believe this with every fiber of our being, God is always God. When the relationship is hard, when the outcome is shaky, when the forecast is gloomy, when the resources feel scarce, when the diagnosis isn't preferable, when the prayers are loud, when people are disappointing, when the mundane feels monotonous, when internal restlessness is high, when everything else is uncertain. God is God. He is good and he is faithful and he is sure. It is always true, y'all. That is not a pipe dream. A miracle mindset is a form of protection because you know what a miracle mindset does is it says, I know the promises that have been given to me. I know who is in control. I know that I know so little and he knows so much. So I am going to anchor myself to what I know is true, not what I feel, not what I'm worried about, not what everyone else is saying, but what I have been told and what I know, what I know I can play it myself on. And I don't mean to say that you're expecting him to move and then you live the same. I mean, let this truth direct how you show up in your everyday life. Like you can't say, I'm expecting God to move, but then you don't go out and actually walk in courage or your language still sounds dismal and hopeless and afraid. I'm saying, let this be the fruit that fortifies your soul that you live differently. Let it nourish the timid, afraid, worried parts of your life. If you believe that God is in control and you're expecting him to move, will you be bold or timid, right? Will you still give generously when you're afraid? Will you keep praying even when it seems like God is silent? Will you continue to be loved even when someone rejects you? I promise you this, you will never Regret living in a way that shows you are depending on God to be faithful. Isaiah 30, 18 says, so the Lord must wait for you to come to him so he can show you his love and compassion. For the Lord is a faithful God. Blessed are those who wait for his help. Y'all, I hope this encourages you because I think, you know, I think we all want, like, who doesn't want to say, you know, if I said, hey, do you want to live? as a person who looks for miracles, right? Who believes God is faithful. Everyone's going to raise their hand. But in a very practical sense, I wanted to kind of break down some ways that we can flesh this out, that we can be walking people of hope, especially in the times where our lives are not the picture we expected or the one that we want. I am praying for you. I was just thinking about, you know, I don't know your individual situation, but I pray that when you listen to this, you really personalize it, you internalize it, you write it down, you write these scriptures down, you write these points down. You remember that the God of miracles knows you. He knows everything that's on the horizon and his promises are good and true for your life. As I mentioned at the beginning, the miracle of you, my new children's book just came out. It would mean so much to me. It's on Amazon. It's on target.com. It's on Barnes and Noble. It's wherever you buy books and I will link it in the show notes. I would love for you to gift it maybe for a friend for Easter, for a little one, for a baby shower, whatever you have going on. But I just really, aside from that, whether or not you buy the book, like I said, I just pray that you 
realize that the God who works miracles, he is for you. Because if we all lived, as I used to say this term in the hospital, it's very cheesy, but miracle monitors, like if that was our lens, the entire world would change. Our circumstances don't have to change for our perspective to shift everything about our lives. So I'm going to end with the Monday prayer. If you follow on Instagram, you can find it there. And I've broken it down. Um, and I just would love for you to listen. If you're driving, obviously, hands on the wheel, eyes open. But if you can close your eyes, I think it just helps recenter your soul. I'm just going to read it over you. Hey, Jesus, thank you for the gift of another Monday. I have felt your kindness and the warmth of the morning sun and the new mercy that canvases the day before me and in the conversations with the people around me. You are in this place. Thank you for visibly reminding me that you are always aware of everything that I need at all times. Not a single detail goes overlooked. Will you show me how to be a leader in and outside my home? Give me discernment on when to speak and what to say. Help me choose words and responses that are kind and true and encouraging. Remind me that I don't have to conform to the patterns of the world or give in to the pressures around me. You are my solid ground. Direct my attention in places that matter. I don't want to waste time, Father. I am so grateful that you always know the ultimate desires of my heart. You will help me build a life that's full and one that always points to you. As I make the small and big decisions, counsel my spirit. I am listening. Thank you for increasing my patience, heightening my awareness, strengthening my perseverance, and solidifying my purpose. You fill my steps with joy and you quiet the chatter in my mind. This week holds fresh mercy and great promise. In Jesus' name, amen. Y'all, I wish I could hug you. I am such a hugger. I hope you feel it through your headphones or your car or wherever you're listening. Um, if you wouldn't mind sending this podcast to someone to encourage their spirit or maybe um, letting them know just about Let's Be Clear or even leaving a review takes five seconds and means the world. But I am so grateful for y'all. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you for being here. I pray that you go and enter your situations and your circumstances looking for miracles because God's fingerprints are everywhere. You are so loved. Have the best week.